Well, ladies and gentlemen, here we go on another exciting episode of uh, Kickout Crew. I believe this is number eight. Is that right? Correct. There we go. Get there. So, uh, episode eight. I am James L. Corai. Uh, we want to welcome you to another exciting episode. Uh, thank you for the positive feedback on the previous episodes. Thank you for the questions, comments, and a couple five-star ratings I see. We greatly appreciate that. And you can follow us at Kickout Crew on Twitter. That's enough of me blabbing. Uh, Brad, how you been, man? Let the people know what's up. Hey, guys. Been a long week. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this week. About um, There's a thing out there called Paying It Forward. Paying it forward is very positive. Uh, sometimes when you're in a Dunkin' Donuts line, all of a sudden you get up there and someone's already paid for your food or your drink or your coffee, whatever it is. Sometimes uh, there's people, it's a nice compliment, paying it forward and you pay it forward to somebody else and then everybody's having a great day. But I'm gonna talk to you about the opposite of paying it forward and that's uh, just being a dickhead. So for instance, a moment like this on your way to work, someone just lays on the horn, right? Lays on the horn and pisses you off. like. I, it's been a second, you know, it's really, it's been a second. I, I understand you're pissed off or just getting a bad text or a bad tweet, but we're going to take this to the next level because I started planning my vacation for this year. And every time I plan this vacation, or now that I plan this vacation, I'm thinking about last year when I went on a trip to my parents uh, for a funeral. This was the middle of last year, like around June, July, somewhere in there. And um, I was driving by myself. Now my car at the time was in the shop because I had some front end damage. So I actually had to rent a car. Now in the middle of the pandemic, Renting a car wasn't real easy. So it was like $75 a day for a Chevy Spark. And for all of you that don't know what a Chevy Spark is, it's, it's small. And I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big intimidating guy, but it was still very uncomfortable. So about four hours into the trip, I'm in Clearfield, Pennsylvania, uh, middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, but needed gas, needed to stop, take a piss, that kind of thing. And I pull into a Sheets. Uh, sheets, Wawa, you know what they are. I pull in, I, I put the gas thing in, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just go in and take a piss real quick and get the stuff. So I do that. I buy the food, buy, and they'll take my piss and come out. Guy coming towards me, 5'1", 5'2". I'm not a, like, again, I'm not a big guy. I'm 5'8", 150 pounds. This guy was 5'1", and as round as he was tall. So I open the door for him. He slams the door. I said, okay. What's up, man? <laughs> and he says, is that your fucking Chevy there? I said, yeah. He goes, this ain't a fucking parking space, pal. <laughs> Um, and so now, right, listen, I, I'm a sales guy. Uh, I know how to take a lot of shit. I'm not here to get into any kind of fight, especially with whatever this guy's supposed to be, you know, the mayor of Munchkin City over here. And I'm like, all right, you're right. I shouldn't be parking there. So I look out. I didn't say that. I just look. And it was like looking at a parking lot of a movie theater during the pandemic. What does that mean? It means there's nobody there. There are 20 pumps, 20 pumps. And I'm at one. And he is behind me and he's the only other car there. So he decided, he decided that I shouldn't be there and to pull up behind me and, and just give me shit. So I, I don't even know how to react to this. I, I'm, I'm like angry, but at the same time, I, I, I just go four hours. I, I, I'm not really looking to get into a fight. I'm like, all right, bud, you got it. So I go to my car and I, I'm driving. I, I get into the car. And I'm driving and I'm like, the next exit, I'm like, you know what? Something's weird here. Something's weird. Like, what was this guy starting? I mean, was I being punked? Was Ashley Kutcher in the room? And I, I so I pulled the next exit and I look in my trunk. No, my suitcase was still there. I thought he robbed me. So I'm like, this is the most outrageous thing that this guy out of nowhere is just causing shit. Now, I didn't talk about this forever. 
And then, uh, you know, because I went to the, the funeral by myself. I, the family didn't come with me. It was in, like the middle of the week. It was like a random Wednesday. And then I drive back and then um, I don't say nothing. Trip to Thanksgiving's coming up. We're going again. And I start thinking about this guy again. And I'm like, you know what? I'm stopping at that same exit. And I'm going to see what's going on. I'm leaving my car there. So I had told my wife this story and everything. And she said, are you really, we're really going to that exit? Are you really think that guy's going to be there? So I'm, I get out of the car and I, you guys can't see me. I'm just standing up. And I'm like, I have my shoulders out and my chest out. I'm like, where's this guy at? Where is this guy? Because I've been thinking about you for three months, dude. Well, obviously he wasn't there. But my point is this, is that I'm still holding on to this. I'm still holding on to this. And it's almost a year now where this guy just like went out of his way to, to ruin my day. Like, like a nice gesture, like someone buying your coffee makes your day good. This, there's just so many things that this has ruined my day. And now here I am talking about it. So please just people just let some things go sometimes even if they bother you just just drop it it's not a big deal especially when there's 19 pumps available for you to use that's all i got this week guys what was the pump number do you remember because that might have been his favorite number you know i started thinking about it because there was a guy in a walker next to it and i started thinking that too like give me a reason just give me a reason there was a guy in there with him too and he had a walker is this a handicap was this a handicap pump no it wasn't i checked it wasn't a handicap pump i, I like what is going on it was there diesel at this well it doesn't matter it was a chevy cavalier you don't need diesel in the chevy cavalier there was no reason for this guy to part the pump there unless it's his yeah like right his special pump a handicap but pump that's i'm awful. just i was trying to think of a reason james because i don't understand why this guy couldn't park somewhere else it was like i was like larry david and curb your enthusiasm it was just one of those moments like why why are you starting with me well the, the thing is like he took the effort to do like to be an asshole to you like he went out of his he could have just like you said just lived his life carefree not even let it bother him but he went out of his way like put thought into like i'm gonna fucking get this guy over here you know, like, yeah, exactly. he, he put in effort to be an asshole to you. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, and so I just want to say that just like be nice to people or, or just let it go. Cause life, life doesn't need to be this hard. You bring up a good point though. I've never seen handicapped guest on. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that idea. You may be on the phone. It's going to be the Brad Stain. You're going to win the fucking Nobel I've Peace Prize. Seen this, one, uh, right? handicapped gas pump idea. <laughs> Our gas pumps have a handicap sign. It'll say like honk twice for handicap excess, but like, yeah, I've never seen anything well, like never that. Never mind. <laughs> Devin's already got the answers for it. But us. we could have one like up close, you know, up close to the uh, like the very first pump, like the closest one to the door. Yeah, Devin talking about like getting that, the, the person that works there to come outside the hill. That's it for me, James. Kicking it back to you, buddy. Boy. <laughs> I mean, you know, what a life uh, we live. It, and I'm with Brad. Just be nice to each other, man. It takes effort to hate is what I'm getting at. And I'm lazy. I wish I would have heard that last week. It would have helped me a bit on my way home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all those that got the uh, exclusive clip, you know, you're welcome on that one. <laughs> the unedited version of that episode, I guess, made air. Oh. <laughs> uh, Oh, ridiculous. And by the time you hear this one, who knows if I could have fucked up the, the next one, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's still potential on that one. <laughs> what better way to kick it off than with Ric Flair and Magnum TA from Super Clash 1. It was uh, September 28th, 1985 at Comiskey Park in Chicago, Illinois. It had an attendance of uh, 20,347 
or 21,000, depending on which website you look at. I noticed that uh, was pretty disparaging between a lot of sources. A match length of 25 minutes and 48 seconds. And I could not find any pay-per-view buy information or Meltzer rating on this one. So Thank God. there's that. <laughs> uh, you know, Chicago, beautiful city. We will be there uh, in September. Most of us will. We've been there before, haven't we? Some, yeah, somebody's got to be married, I guess, but for people that aren't getting married, we'll be in Chicago. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we have to get married to go to Chicago. My ass is staying in Alabama. Not getting married in September. True. In October, I, I am. <laughs> he could be there. He had his he has his opportunities, Devin. Talking to you, pal. I know, I know. I just I couldn't. I got you, pal. I got you. I was there once too. <laughs> I was there once too. One two. Twice or just once? <laughs> so two. <laughs> One and done. That's it. I'm keeping the streak alive, baby. 36. Never I'm really had like a serious streak. I'm, I'm, I'm done doing all that. We're good. No more streaking. No more. <laughs> yeah. Adam's had quite the weekend. <laughs> How but, much uh, sleep did you get last night, Adam? Last night? None last night. <laughs> I got some Thursday. Badass. <laughs> so, buddy, buddy of mine had, you know, had something in family Friday night. So that was my choice to stay on Friday night. But last night was great. As we were recording, we did the uh, autism research, uh, you know, getting the money together. And I learned a lot. I mean, there's just so much that just, you know, living down here in Alabama, you know, I have two amazing blessings in my house and then you hear other people's struggles and problems and you're like damn man it, it hits you like you know these are real problems that you don't hear about and that's why i was telling y'all about you know who i said about earlier uh just the the devotion and the excitement and the power when they're speaking it's just like damn man I, that's it's, i mean it's just crazy all that stuff with it, like one Zoom call, was you can learn. And it was a good turnout. We, we did our goal. We actually exceeded our goal. Had a few pop-ins, guests, whatever. So, Yeah, thank you to all our friends at Top Guy Theater for putting this together. Uh, ter terrific job. Uh, we all got to jump on for a little bit and a lot, some of us, some of us more than others. But it was a, a great, a great, um, a great cause. And uh, dedicated guys over there at Top Guy Theater. So thank you so much. Shout out the field. <laughs> he ran he he kind of spearheaded the whole thing yeah it's awesome we had a, re a really nice uh really nice thing oh and brad well you got on you looked amazing last night man <laughs> i looked amazing yeah you dressed you dressed up all nice had, you know had the long sleeve button down let me look at this guy yeah i was driving in from work and uh it was in between uh, getting home from work and, and meeting my daughter at the prom or at the they have a big syrup they have a big uh parade and everything like that so I, uh, yeah, I, 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 and I, and I wanted to look nice for you too, Adam. You look slick, man. That blue look good on you. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, I don't know. If you were Mr. Briscoe, I was just kind of going back and forth. <laughs> Not sure where James went. I got two fingers up in the air from uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, there he is. Hey, yeah. James. Had to get a, uh, had to get my lamp. Uh, yeah. So I only have like a certain amount of light bulbs, I shall say. And, 
I'm kind of transferring <laughs> this one currently, and I was like, man, my screen does look kind of dark. That sounds like such an Alabama thing to say. Hey, man, haven't got there yet. Light bulbs because they're using all of them, but not in lamps. <laughs> they're not broken down light bulbs either. You know, these are actually ones that work, not ones with busted off bottoms. If you know what I'm saying. Which is funny though, because I do work at a grocery store. I literally have, and we have cheap stuff because it's like military priced, and I just keep forgetting to get light bulbs. Oh, it's, it's bad. When I went to Walmart, they had like this whole poster of just like, hey, look, if you see people buying this, this is what they're doing. <laughs> so, my God, they don't have to be on every aisle. I mean, what's that got to do with pet food? They don't need to be down the pet food aisle. Come on. My aunt is bad. It's, I'm sorry, but it's your show. <laughs> um, James, are you doing a – there's no build-up to this match at all. Did you find anything at all on this? I didn't. They didn't even really mention anything on the uh, broadcast either. It was just like, hey, here's these two guys and go. <laughs> yeah, I tried, I tried looking into this uh, match, and uh, there's really nothing to it, but it was a, an AWA-NWA cross-promotional match. Um, also, I see, you know, I, I hear you saying the 20,000 to 21,000 to 25,000 people at Comiskey Park. Now, you guys can't find this match on the, net, on the Peacock Network right now. If you want to watch this match, you're going to have to find it on YouTube. Um, Super Clash of one is not is not there. Only Super Clash two and 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 beyond. You know why one isn't? I have no idea. I wonder why that is. I, I have no idea. So um, really? I, when I look at this, I see twenty. They say it's twenty five. It sure as hell didn't look like twenty five thousand people were watching that match to me. Did it look like that to you? It, it looked like it was just like on a fair. Yeah. I, I know it's Comiskey Park, but it looked like just a fairgrounds kind of thing. Like it was like it almost looked like a a fair. Like like I was saying. What were you gonna say, Mike? I was, that's what I was about to say. It looked empty arena. Yeah. It, it's just, there wasn't a lot of people out there in the seats, nothing like that. That's one I thing just I wonder noticed. if there was some more going on there than just those matches that people like had like uh, like dunking booths and everything because <laughs> it didn't look like a lot of people were interested. The Ferris <laughs> wheel just ate up the crowd. <laughs> I, I, I'm really surprised one bit. <laughs> was Super Clash 2 AWA NWA also? I, I, you know, that's a great question, Adam, that I, I do not know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for oh, that damn research team man didn't add that in our notes yeah. i think the old guy yeah, would know right. geez um i did think it's funny that they said this had a 45 minute time limit uh that's an unusual one i Not heard a 15 minutes. minute time limit too in that in that paper did you hear that no in another match it was a 15 minute or 45 minute I, I, that is different uh i did like one of the Adam, lines. do you watch the whole pay-per-view no, I don't remember like that. <laughs> <laughs> I got too much other wrestling and podcasts to listen to. I don't have time to listen to watch this whole paper. I'm just, I'm just exactly. glad I'm at home. I was just my main concern was making sure I'm in my own house and from my own laptop. So anyway, very good Matt wrestling in this. Uh, almost a little bit uh, close to what Angle versus uh, Eddie was. Um, Mike, do you think that was a good comparison? Yeah, um, that's kind of what I had in my notes was it kind of reminded me of a Eddie and Kurt Angle match. A lot of mat wrestling wasn't, you know, a lot of punches and kicks or anything else like that. But, I mean, that's what that's what it seemed like to me. Just good on the floor wrestling, doing their thing. Now, I know, Adam, you like this kind of stuff. And there was a, a point where one of the uh, uh, commentators says he actually has – a hammer lock and a wrist lock at the same time. Just let me know as an in-ring performer, Adam, how amazing this move really was. Well, that move is great, but the anticipation of either the reversal or what he'll do next 
is the part that excites me the most. The we'll see the next, you know. So what move they're going to transition to, you're saying? Yes, you know, because it's like, okay, well, what can I do to reverse it? Or as the other guy, or whoever you're know, doing the hold, what can I do to go to the next step? So when you're in the hammer lock, you can transition to the ankle, to the shoulder, back to a headlock, throw them off the ropes. Or you can just throw them on the ground and lay on them. We were all pretty young when this happened, or, or not born at all. Am I right, Devin? Am I right, pal? Um, <laughs> I was not alive. And, and you guys, uh, Mike, Adam, none of you guys were, right? Am I the only one that was alive for this? All right, well, I'm going to go on a rec record here and say that I was a wrestling fan, but I didn't watch it, okay? I was more into the Hulk Hogan. Um, does anybody know how big Magnum TA actually was at this time? Is that like a Batista question or like how tall <laughs> Well, I mean, we all um, know that uh, Magnum actually had an accident where it left him uh, unable to really barely walk, I think, um, unable to wrestle, and he was supposed to be the next big thing. And I just didn't know how, how far away we were from that happening. I didn't do the research on that. Um, I want to say October 86, so we're like a year and a month out pretty much. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't much further after this. I, I guess what I'm getting at, was there any – was was uh, Flair ever in doubt of losing this match? No. So he wasn't this time. So he wasn't quite to that level yet. Okay. I think this is oh, title reign. I think is what it was. It's a territory style because you have to send your champion to sell out like all these places you send him to. So, you know, I, I imagine this was just luck of the draw that they got Flair for the show. It happened to be, hey, we're going to hit the Chicago loop in September. Oh, they're doing a super show. Even better. <laughs> You know, because what if he was in, like, you know, fucking Macon, Georgia the night before and then shoots up to Chicago? I don't think that was happening. So I bet it was just luck of the draw thing. And, you know, you have flair to promote everything, the NWA, but hit the territories and sell out. So uh, I don't think Magnum was going to beat him here because he's not going to, you know, Portland and selling that shit out. Gotcha. So there was a another thing I noticed on this one. There was no ring music, like, when they oh. came out. Well, that's NWA, right? NWA didn't do ring music, and I still, I still don't think they do. Actually. Did they do HX things back then, or is that, is that HX? Was that Adam? Hey, was that eight track players back then? Did they oh, use yeah, there was, a, there was eight tracks. The cassette tapes had come out at this point, but there were still eight tracks. Um, my parents had one of those old stereos in the house. It was the wooden ones that actually had the eight track, the tape player, the record player, and the and the AM FM stereo all in one. Um, but it looked like a piece of furniture. It didn't look like uh, a stereo. You put stuff on top of it. You put a nice, like, like you know, like uh, for Christmas, you know, you set everything up on top of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure you guys all remember that. Yeah, my first call, my first call had an ancient player. My grandparents had one. Yeah, I right. That, about. It would be grandparents. So. I was 16 driving to high school with an ancient player in my car. You were? Yeah. Well, I had, how, uh, so how far exactly are the years when it goes to Alabama? Like, so it's, it's 2022 <laughs> year. What year is it in Alabama right now? Is it like dog years or something? Uh, 1966. <laughs> no, I, I look back to our second episode or third episode and we talk about the mullets. This is the stupidest thing I've ever asked any of you guys. Like, mm -hmm. of course you have mullets. You're, that's still the in hairstyle in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, you kind of shot yourself a foot in there. That's like saying, you know, hey, is this that man? Does he own money? Yeah, he owns money. Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, you guys were all shitting on me saying my hair was close to a mullet that day, so I had to get a haircut like three days later. <laughs> Called my hand immediately. <laughs> and we're all thankful you did, Devin. We're all thankful you did. 
So two spots in this match, speaking of Devin, I want to talk about. So Ric Flair is the master of playing possum, and he's asking for a timeout here, right? Uh, he still does that today. So how was it um, when you see that from something from 1986, 85, and you see still him still doing it today? What did, like how what did you think? Did you did you laugh at that, or did you just not even notice it? I love that. It's one of his uh, one of his big spots. You know, get down, call for timeout, bag on his hands and knees. But when people do it today, it's just a like a homage to Ric Flair. Right. But what is the real homage to Ric Flair that we did not hear in this? The road thing where he goes, woo. Woo! There was no woo when it came to the chop. Now, he did do the woo in the interview before, but when he chopped them, there was no woo. So I just wanted to know if anybody picked up on that because mm-hmm. it almost it almost didn't make sense because you can't chop someone now, period, without hearing a woo, let alone Ric Flair doing it. So I wonder when exactly... Um, does anybody know when exactly, like how long that was before that ended up being a thing? Because it wasn't here. So I, I mean, I'll call him real quick. Let me call yeah, him. Yeah. Oh, wait, where's Coach? Can we get Coach? Yeah, call for him? real. Coach would be. Oh yeah, I was talking to Rick last week, and he told me you know, it was a house show in <laughs> fucking Louisville, <laughs> 1987. First time chop somebody got the woos. So Should we mention that real quick? My coach ain't here. He's on vacation on a cruise. Oh, Coach ain't here? Where's Coach? I'll tell you what, it definitely feels weird without him here, doesn't it? Well, it it definitely impacts one of our ongoing storylines, too. Oh, yeah, we're in a rest period, I guess. Devin has a free week. And that's going down a dirty one. So the announcers, um, all right, so during, there's a lot of rest holds, and and that is something that is not unusual for this time. The announcers are putting the rest wrestlers uh, like are doing a lot of talking about what the wrestlers do- are doing during these rest holds. Now, Scott Hall has, has gone on record, or the late Scott Hall, saying that he loved rest holds because it took time for the announcers to put you over. Adam, did, did you ever use this uh, as a tactic to try to get people talking about you or the announcers talking about you? Well, see, when I was in the ring, I couldn't, I didn't know what the commentators were saying, or commentators, what they were saying, so I'm not sure what they were doing when I was wrestling. They could be asleep for a lot, no hell. But, uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I mean, just down here in the south, anyway. It's especially in this little area where I was, where I was trained because I was trained with one of the guys that wrestled around with Mr. Wrestler Number Two, Number One. Uh, so I was trained the old school way, you know, barrel rolling in the ring, and if you touch a rope, you got to start over. So I was, I don't know, yeah, it's the old school way. Just put a hemlock in, headlock, and just rest. Let it sink, let it bubble up, whatever word you want to use. And what, what does they say? If you think you're going too slow, stop and go a little slower. Arn Anderson, right? I was even I was even trained to do that limp wrist fish handshake they used to do back in the day. <laughs> so that you bring up something funny about the rules. Um, now, if you go over the top rope in this era, you're actually disqualified. Now, in a championship match, if so, if Ric Flair went over the top rope, he's disqualified, but he would still retain the championship. Um, but if you'll notice, the commentators in this match said, oh, no, he threw himself over the top rope. Okay. That's what they caught themselves. I think I know what you're talking about when he... So, I'm not going to lie, guys. I mean, I'm, it's a struggle for me to talk about this match because it is just so different. It's just so different than what we're watching, even 10 years after this or, or five years after this. Uh, the, the rules are different. The, the venue's different. Uh, uh, 
everything is different about it to, to the point it's slow. Um, yeah, like it's it's cool that to see Ric Flair out here, but I I don't know the rules. Um, I I I don't know. I, I don't see the things I see today. I, I don't, I'm not saying I need tope suicidas. Oh my gosh. Did you hear freaking JR go off about that again? Um, I don't need tope suicidas and everything. But any, can, can any of you honestly say, and let's start with you, Mike, that you enjoyed this match or you were you waiting for it to be over? I was waiting for it to be over. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. It just, I, I couldn't get into it. Devin? I was just waiting for something climactic to happen. It just seemed slow the entire time, and then it ended. Like, there really wasn't anything big. And right, and was there anything big back then? Now, you know, on the other channel, yeah. Yeah, they were bigger-than-life characters. Um, and going back to a question last week that we actually forgot, it was about the Brain Busters. And, I, and the only reason I'm going back on this is because um, Arn and Tully are, they, they go with Ric Flair. And uh, our good buddy RJ asked, why do you think Arn and Tully didn't get a bigger push in the WWF. And I, I forgot to ask that last week, but I think it's okay now because they were on the wrong channel to me. Um, and I want to hear what you guys have to say. To me, Arn and Tully weren't bigger than life characters. They weren't cartoon characters. They looked like your dad. They looked like <laughs> your uncle. They weren't, um, there was nothing flashy about them. So uh, I, unless you guys disagree with me, on this channel, you had wrestling, 101. On the other channel, you had Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, and uh, more of an entertainment, uh, you know, more of an entertainment um, presentation. So, yeah, again, um, Adam, all the guys here. Well, let's start with you, James, first. What, were you ready for this to be over, or did you really en enjoy this match? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of with everybody here. It was, uh, I like, I'm not saying the talent was bad, but it was kind of draggy, I guess. But I don't know if that was just, the visual aspect of it, because uh, when they go outside, they're fighting on grass. <laughs> like, there's no mats or nothing. I mean, it's just real. Uh, I don't know. They put that grass down just for this match. That grass was weird. I, I thought the grass was weird too. Seeing him stand on the grass. Yeah. <laughs> but Adam, I can't believe for a minute that you didn't enjoy this because you're you're a throwback classic wrestler. So tell us what's good about it. Oh, Ric Flair made him TA wrestling the holes, wrestling moves. And by the way, this match didn't like any of y'all, so there you go. <laughs> this match, what did you say? It didn't like any of y'all. Y'all didn't like the match. The match didn't like y'all, so how you like that? I didn't hate it. I'm not saying I hated it, but I, I, I was, I, you know, I was just there. No, for I see. I can see how well, you know, because I understand completely. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna uh, change it up a bit though, because there was some very interesting stuff. Um, that there was some good Ric Flair stuff in this match. Uh. The part where he is um, putting his feet on the ropes and using it as leverage. And the minute that the rep would look at him, look up, he somehow, I mean, the timing was flawless uh, of him getting his feet down and the ref missing it. The ref knew something was up, but he couldn't quite catch him in the act. And would that happen about five, six times? Mm. So I, I did. I did think that was good. However, then you had the sleeper hold. The sleeper hold that the crowd went absolutely ancient <laughs> for, like like it was a 450 splash from Ricochet. Please, someone tell me what is did did matches end in a sleeper hold back then? Some yeah. media because they did the the arm dropping three times. I think Roddy Popper did it. Um, somebody else did it. I just I can't remember. 
But uh, yeah, they even matches in sleeper too. And Mike, did you have any idea what Ric Flair's finishing move was in this time? No. I no, wasn't because he didn't use time. it, right? right. <laughs> he, he just cheated to win. That's what he did. So yeah. how many times did he put the figure four on? Two or well, three? I think once or twice. Now, yeah. all right, so it reversed. It reversed, too. Adam, give me, tell me the truth. Does that freaking hurt or not? When they reversed that figure four, like, oh, no, he's going to put the pressure on him. Adam, does no, that hurt the, or not? The thing about the figure four. You muted yourself. Yeah, I did it on purpose. <laughs> oh, a magician never tells the secrets. Is that is that what just happened right there? Maybe <laughs> you're not gonna tell me, really. <laughs> you're retired, pal. If I wanted it to hurt, it would. But does it hurt to reverse it? Does it like does it hurt any like, or does it hurt them both? All right, he he he's not. Uh, Devin, what do you, <laughs> Devin? Like when you see a sleeper hold, um. You 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 were born in 1998, right? Uh, seven, 97. Okay. So, a sleeper hold for you is a transition move, right? Yeah, I try to read their lips, see what they're saying. Right, because that's what they're doing. They're, they're they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Um, did you hear the crowd's reaction to the sleeper? Yeah, they popped like tremendously. It was probably the loudest pop of the whole match. So, as someone that's so like young, uh. Like, what would you compare that to now that people would like? What what could they? What kind of move could you put on now that would get that same same kind of reaction? Uh, you kind of said it. The tope suicida, I think, honestly, just makes the car go hype now. But you know, you see it two or three times a night. But so it's kind of getting overplayed. But um, right now, yeah, either that or yeah, nothing at all. <laughs> So also there was an announcement that it was 20 minutes had gone by in this match when it was nowhere near 20 minutes. We have famously heard from Dave Meltzer that it wasn't two minutes for the next guy in the rumble to come out. How important, James, how important is to be accurate here? Or does it really matter at all? Does anybody at home with a stopwatch besides Dave Meltzer? <laughs> right. I think if you're relatively close, because even Shivani, you know, he would say that at house shows when Ric Flair would be like, oh, we're doing a Broadway, he'd be like, fuck you. And he said he'd cut off like, 15 seconds every minute or something like that so i mean as long as you're relatively close i don't think anybody in the crowd's being like those son of a bitch bastards <laughs> you know they're, they're screwing me out of my ticket you know, wait 58 minutes they didn't go 60 wait a minute yeah. i paid for a full hour and they went 54 minutes like I'm these right down two minutes from somewhere my god <laughs> so rick flair does that face drop in here where he just he does his move and then he just drops straight to the ground uh, Mike, he still does that today. Uh, is that something you could do without, or would you, or do you enjoy seeing that because it's him? I enjoy seeing it because it's him. That's just another Ric Flair thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wish he would have done his little over the top thing that he did that he does. You know, when he's up in the corner, getting up on the ropes. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, no, that's just that's a Ric Flair thing. So I like seeing it every time he's in the like in a match. You know, it's gonna happen and. Even though you see it every single match, it's still a good uh, sure. pop or move or whatever it is you want to call it that he does. Well, he passed it down. You see who he passed it down to, right? Uh, so no, Adam, who? Triple H used to do a lot. Ooh. Yeah, don't leave us hanging, man. Don't leave us hanging. Not everybody at home knows those answers, all right? <laughs> well, he's not doing it no more. He's went towards Peck. 
because he hit the corner and went over. And I don't know if the timing was off or what, but because of that, that's when he tore his shoulder. It was that tag match with him, Sean. I think it was Undertaker Kane. Yeah, it was uh, the, the Australia thing. He hurt his arm in his pit because of that little flip over the corner. John did it, do This is probably Ric Flair's favorite time in the business. He's He's gone on record to say that a number of times. Do you think he was I'll in, argue that, but go ahead. Do you think he's in good shape? Do you guys think he's in good shape here? Yeah. Like, he's not a body guy, yeah, though. Yeah, I'd say he's in good shape. Yeah, he's, not, wise, yeah. he's not a builder, but I think he's in good shape in this one. Do you think that's why he wasn't on the other channel? Because I don't think Ric Flair is loyal to necessarily anybody, right? He was, I'm sure he was all about money at the time, too. Do you think that's what kept him away? Do you think he wasn't quite big enough for WWE? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good that's question. Good I, yeah, I could. I guess so. But his name was big. Like, he, his body wasn't, but everybody knew who Ric Flair was. He was a different kind of popular um, than, than a Hulk Hogan. And uh, you're at, you're nodding your head up and down. Do you agree with that, Adam? Oh, yeah, especially before the plane wreck. His, his body style, his body shape, totally different from what, like, here in 85, 86. I mean, he's a totally different person here in 85. I mean, he was massive. I mean, we played all time like this before the, the, train, before the plane crash. Hmm. So he wins this uh, match with the reverse. Um, again, not a finishing move at all. It's a, and, and I started thinking back. Do most Ric Flair matches end this way, where he is not actually using a a, a finishing move uh, to to finish off his opponent? Yeah, James. Yeah, because I think yeah, uh, didn't WrestleMania eight end with a roll up. I think a lot of his like bullshit weasel win style stuff was like roll ups. He seems to uh, he makes jokes on his podcast, and just when we we got a chance to speak with him here and there at three shows, cheap plug. Um, that he never wins a match with the figure four. And there's absolutely no reason at all for him to get up on the top rope other than the guy to throw him off of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, listen, guys, I, I feel like I – is there anything else that anybody wants to add to this match? I mean, it was a good wrestling match. Uh, again, it's it, there were some, some things I enjoyed in it, but mostly what we wanted to do here, which, of course, Devin screwed that all up, was uh, – <laughs> compare two Ric Flair matches because he is going to be wrestling at the end of, uh, at the end of uh, July and it's his uh, last hurrah. And we wanted to do two Ric Flair matches, one from his early days and one from his later days. So because of that, uh, the second match by Devin has, does not have Ric Flair in it. And uh, we want to thank you for that coach. I mean, Devin, um, <laughs> I love that we have themes that uh, have absolutely. <laughs> we have gone awry. <laughs> The only thing I gotta say about this match is when you're Ric Flair, you don't have to have a, a finishing move. When you're Ric Flair, you just finish it how you want to, because you're Ric Flair. Well, I'm, I'm sure he would agree with that. <laughs> I like, uh, I like the. So did they just like interview him and then just immediate match, or were those like pre-interviews? Because if you <laughs> notice, like they interview Magnum and he's like blah 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 blah, like cussed about like Ric Flair, I'm gonna take your championship belt, blah blah, and he just walks off. And then what is Ric Flair just like waiting on deck behind him, like? twiddling his thumbs like oh, okay my turn yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is awkward about to fight each other this whole setup is awkward because they got people sitting at shortstop watching wrestling and it's just hey there's third base oh there's a player it just don't make any sense i really do think there was a ferris wheel there i i i don't think you're wrong about that um Devin, again you're uh you're just a young pup my friend but 
so let's talk about Magnum TA. If he doesn't get into the act, you've, you've heard all the stories. You've uh, heard all the podcasts. If he doesn't get in that accident, is he the, the next big thing? I honestly would like to imagine that. Um, this is the first Magnum match that we've covered on here. But I think Magnum could have been a huge star. He's got what, a lot of potential. What is it about him that makes him a star, though? What is it that you see in him? He's got the size, the charisma. We can see here that he could go toe-to-toe with Ric Flair for, is what, 20 minutes, 22 minutes? It was like, I, I believe Magnum could have done it all. Yeah, he had a nice mustache, too. Really nice mustache. <laughs> yes, and, you know, the, and we all know where the name comes from. Um, did, did I hear that it came from Andre the Giant, actually? Did you say that, Devin? Yeah, I was. Uh, I looked that up actually because I was just curious about Magnum and his history. And uh, yeah, it said that Andre the Giant gave Terry Allen the idea because he looked like uh, Magnum PI. And what does the TA stand for? Terry yeah. Allen. Okay, gotcha. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you say that. Um, yeah, his his name. All right, well that's cool, um, guys. Uh, I if any uh, finishing any final thoughts on this match? I did see uh, Conrad Thompson in front row. <laughs> there's no stadium the ring in the middle of the field and unless you put chairs out all the audience is so far away so i don't like this stadium concept i tell you what i do like though i do like the idea of two um organizations working together we are getting that soon again with new japan and aew um so is, I don't this, think is this the first forbidden door <laughs> i think it is no. um well i mean probably yeah. not but i mean i think it's the one that on a national setting like this, maybe, you know, I'm sure those guys jumped around from territory to territory, but at the same time, putting these two shows together, making the super show. Um, it's nice to have something like that back. I think that's very interesting. Um, so that's why we did the match, right, Devin? Yeah. <laughs> Since we're not comparing Ric Flair matches. <laughs> yeah, you guys could have told me no. Is always cool I would never tell you. I never tell you no. I just give the suggestions and then you know, we just do group chat, and that's the way. Hey, guys, there's no um, secret to this. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> How about this? Sure. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, these are my notes, and all it is is the listing of uh, what the match is and the attendance and all that shit. Yeah. I have three pages of notes, and I can't even read any of it. So, um, anyway, uh, kicking it back to you, James. Uh, I want to close with Magnum TA. I have a feeling... Every promotion has that, like, tough, gritty, like, real guy, like, blue-collar type thing. So it could have – if that car wreck wouldn't have happened, we could have got Magnum TA and then a Stone Cold, and now we kind of have a Hangman. Like, so I kind of think all those three type characters kind of blend together, and it's really cool to see uh, that blue-collar-like guy kind of rings true no matter what the era is. I really like that. As a broke motherfucker, <laughs> it speaks to me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well that's another thing these guys weren't making big money back then yeah um, I, I even think nationally i mean rick flair doesn't have any near the money that kind of a hulk hogan had he, he goes on record a lot and says that i don't even know you know i i heard recently that even aew stars that were signed from independency make between 40 and sixty thousand dollars a year i think you guys all know what i'm talking about of course <laughs> but um can you imagine what it was back then uh like you said adam 10 bucks and a hot dog right uh, some days you get 10, sometimes it's five and two hot dogs. But it's getting your name out there, too. It depends where you're at, because in Boaz, you're not going to get out too far. Could you imagine well, the promoter being like, hey, man, we're taking real good care of you tonight. You get two hot dogs tonight. <laughs> Got us a packed house. You know what, guys? Get you two hot dogs <laughs> on me. That one's on me. 
I don't know, I don't mind how many people showed up. We didn't get to a hot dog. I'm Boaz. Well, you guys are seven years behind down there in Alabama anyway. So, <laughs> uh, uh, any, uh, so uh, James. What else yeah, I think, we're, uh, to me. <laughs> I think we're good on that uh, whole thing. Yeah, sorry for that pick, guys. Shout out to Rosie. I guess we don't get his opinion on this, but, you know, he's probably getting king crab right now, and uh, I'm not talking about the food. <laughs> but, uh, did, he meet, did he meet a guy named crab or something oh man poor guy uh, can't defend himself but yeah uh, good match good uh good discussion uh i kind of want to know speaking of the younger generation and everything like that devin uh kind of check in with you uh see what you got going on uh this week's been kind of hectic between coaching the you know coach pitch and everything but I, uh, what I want to bring to the table this week for my uh, Devin's demographic of the week, it's uh, it's changed since what I uh, sent Brad because of the recent news of Samuel Guevara and Ty oh, Conte God. getting engaged. So I just want to give a shout out to them because you know, the greatest alive and the yeah man Brazilian goddess. Shout out to you know, you know proposing to two women in the span of like eight months. That's real cool stuff. <laughs> You, know, hey, you never really know where it. you'll find the love of your life. Yeah, yeah. Neither is he, I guess. <laughs> you're avoiding, you're avoiding coach like the plague right now. You're avoiding coach. <laughs> coach would have had he, – because he hates that whole story. You, oh, yeah. you, you changed it because he's not here. <laughs> uh, uh, Work in no. the middle. That's what Devin Dow, your younger generation. Too much gray area, no black and white. Like, well, I don't want to – you know, just skeeter around the middle. You know, I'll ruffle too many feathers, you know. Yeah. All right, let's do a vote right now. Who thinks they actually get married? Me. Okay, are you the best man? No, <laughs> that's optimism. See, that's probably Fuego like, del Sol. That, that's like fresh love that he's going through. He's about to get married. Everybody, oh, I love you, baby. Oh, we're getting married. Oh, good God, they're doing wrestling. They never work out. You know, they're like, <laughs> she doesn't shit, and I think he doesn't, you know, he only gets to shit once a day, however that marriage works out. Fuego jumps out of a cupcake and, hey, we're not doing this. I love the wrestling weddings. <laughs> my favorite I, think, uh, I hope it's on dynamite yeah oh fuck it probably will oh. be well why don't we have coach call tony Khan, um get him on the horn coach you know wherever you're at and uh just tell him <laughs> tell, tell him your suggestion i'm sure he'll do it right away force yeah, them to break up it'll, that'll be the big storyline is if tony Khan's like get this shit off my like if he comes out as a character <laughs> quit fucking making out on my stage and he turns into like the the anti-love boss you know and they have to like sneak their love around some romeo and juliet shit well, well we might be getting because did eric bischoff do the last minister job for the AEW wedding that's true so who's yeah. he going to get now because i don't think he's going to call eric eric actually that that, that wedding ended, did okay didn't it <laughs> that wedding actually yeah. happened Was that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah what other um what other girl's going to flop on in with a big tits and a nice ass? And then Sammy's going to be like, hmm, fresh, fresh meat to the yard. <laughs> he only has one of those, James. Every single day. Well, James, you just proposed an idea a second ago about uh, Tony Khan becoming a character. That might actually become reality. And what was my Devin's demographic of the week? What the hell was that MJF promo a couple weeks ago? Tony Where he tore apart everyone. Money, 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 money. <laughs> That's what it is. Exactly I mean, it's got to be kind of real, but you don't allow a guy like, hey, as the boss, go out there and shit all over me. And, uh, you know, I'll definitely not fire you and pay you more. 
So I, I think people are kind of overblowing the realism of it. But that's a lot of, I think the emotion he said was definitely real. Like, motherfucker, pay me, you know? That's what makes me wonder what he's making. I, I mean, I was saying about the 40 to 60,000 a year. I was talking about him. I can't imagine that's the kind of money he's getting. I, I just can't. There, there had to been a no renegotiation. Way. It there may somewhere. be 100, but I doubt it. And that's probably why he's pissed. Like, hey, these motherfuckers are making like he's a no one year million a year. Well, again, let's have Coach call him. Yeah, right. Let's <laughs> just see. Find out. Um, but, um, you know, I, I do think it's a – yeah, I – as we we and actually on um, Top Guy Theater yesterday, with uh, when we had Mr. Uh, Gerald Briscoe on, Mr. Briscoe said just said, "Is it on TV? Yes. Then it's a work. It's a work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I, you know, I I believe him. <laughs> I believe him. Of course, he was a big part of the Montreal screw job, but that's another day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we should. Be I wish somebody time. would have countered with that. God, that would have been crazy. Yeah, like, Takes me 24 hours to think of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it up next breakfast uh, thing. Yeah, by the way, I, I didn't get a chance to listen to, or to be there for that, but I listened back to that. That was fantastic. Just freaking everything he does is good. I, I do love it. Mr. Briscoe is the man. <laughs> oh, you're wearing his t-shirt. Yeah, I am. I, I'm doing it for him because I got to talk to him yesterday. Briscoe Brothers Body Shop. It's open um, nine to five. That turnbuckle he put out for auction was like out of his personal collection. Like yeah, he literally just turned around and like, ah, okay, pulled it off of his shelf. Yeah, he said there auction. was eight in the world. Yeah. Did we mention what we're talking about uh, right now, or did we talk about that off air? <laughs> I think. All right. So Adam talked about it a little bit earlier. Okay, good. I just want to make sure we, everybody knows what we're talking about. This is. I will say it was cool that everybody like put up their own personal like autographed items and stuff like that. Uh, you know, because Dave Hancock came on there and he gave it like an autographed FTR picture and an autographed uh, something else. Like Just people were... to show you about our community we have and the people we have in it. Exactly. Palmwater Dave was like every fucking hour, it seemed like he was chiming in, donating something. Dollar Mike, Bill Dave donating some a... stuff. Sorensen. I mean, it was cool. Mike's selling a smoking skulls belt, aren't you? Yeah. Mike. Yes. Yeah, I got this. Actually, it's this copy right here. I got two copies, and I'm selling that one right there for it. Nice. Very nice. For a good cause, and uh, the community, hey, man, when we do something, that's the cool thing about the Ashley Show community. Uh, maybe a cheap plug, but it's real shit. The, you know, Top Guy Theater brought this cause on for autism awareness and research, and everybody out of the woodworks just was like, here you go. Like, I know a lot of us donated. I donated. I know, uh, you know, everybody, like I said, giving personal items and all that, just willingly you know didn't he, there's no like contracted like okay i'm going to donate this but i want a cut of it like there's none of that shit so it was really cool to see the community band together for a cause like that and it shows the strength of the afri show community and it actually brought a lot of us closer together because you know with tj you know he's since he does his podcast and stuff he'll get to meet everybody as much as we do and he had a nice real heart to heart with Zorzen. yeah and uh, I could tell it meant a lot to him and James both. So that's what I like. Just it's the community feeling, but at the same time, we got a chance to be closer. That's awesome, guys. Very awesome. Well, thanks again to Top Guy Theater and everybody involved that did, did that and, and took the time out. That was a really awesome uh, cause for autism. So, James, back to you. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, I know we're going to save old Mikey Bike for the you know finale of the show. 
But uh, Adam, is there anything you want to? I mean, I know we've kind of you've had a very uh, busy time. Kayfabe wise, it was the weekend where uh, you know this autism uh, twenty four hour marathon happened. So yeah, I was... know Adam was intricate part of that. Twenty four. I didn't go for the whole twenty four hours, but uh, that's what she. I, I slipped up a couple of hours in the middle, but um. You definitely didn't miss any camera shots. I saw you on Twitter about 75 times. You, know, <laughs> you made sure when you were on camera, you know, like where yeah, you yeah, had the draw there. You and Sorensen both, by the way. <laughs> that I don't know is what like, happened you know, Sorensen at the end, but every time he would try to talk, everybody else would start echoing. <laughs> yeah. That was I don't a, know what he was doing, but it was great. <laughs> got Dave Hancock on there and he's trying to, you know, give props to everybody, and all you hear is like Sorensen's shit echoing the whole time. I was just, you know, like you said earlier, Brad, just thanks to everybody that was a part of it, that tweeted, retweeted, commented, whatever. Everybody, every single person that was a part of it, thank you. It means the world. I got to meet a couple of new people, learn more about them. So uh, I got to see some other friends, become closer friends. So it was, it wasn't just for autism. It was it was just more than that. I mean, that was the cause. That's why we did it. But it felt like we, just, we got more out of it than just raising money for autism. I know we've been talking about this for a little bit now. We keep going back to it. But I, I have something I want to say about Phil, Phil Jackson. He said there, you know, we don't make money on this show. We just really enjoy doing it. And on that's Top Guy Theater. And, you know, it's just it's saying something. He spent he, he took a 24-hour, uh, 24 hours out of his life. He has a family. He has children. He has jobs. seven kids. Yes to do this for autism so that has to be recognized it has to be said uh again um i know i'm beating a dead horse uh, I, I tend to do that as i listen to myself back sometimes but anyway yeah uh, big shout out to him for that because that, that is just coming out of the goodness of his heart so thank you having said that a, though well, we did get um, a lot of uh, i wanted to just give everybody uh they did have a lot of positive words for us too and i do appreciate that i know it's hard for me personally to take compliments but i know that uh listening to how they were talking about like all of you guys doing a good job and you know us as a whole doing a good job it was really cool to hear them give props it shows that people actually do listen which you know is really mind-blowing to me actually but they did actually have specific feedback and some stuff was good and hell even even Polly b gave us a little shout out and i thought that was pretty awesome yeah mm -hmm. so speaking of negativity um <laughs> anyway uh on twitter uh this this week I got about 70 DMs saying that why do my would you rathers always have to be dirty? Why does everything in your life, Brad, have to be dirty? <laughs> why can't you do huh? I'm like, for the love of, I, I don't know, because dirty's fun. But anyway, are you right? You're right. I'm a father. Dirty's hey, fun. That's going to be a t-shirt. I'm, I'm a professional. Let's do some very, very clean would you rathers to make everyone happy and i can stop getting blown up in my dm about how terrible of a person i am this will be anyway, good. i like how nobody contacts me about anything with the show this is yeah. awesome so no this is nice <laughs> and clean adam it's actually not even going to be good it's not gonna be good at all it's gonna be very clean oh you know i'm gonna flip it right you know I'm so, gonna flip it. <laughs> actually it's not even a would you rather these are just questions what kind of food made you sick as a kid and can you eat it now See, this is how boring non Rotten pussy. Stuff is. <laughs> Rotten vagina. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. We're doing, wait, we're keeping it clean. I'm sorry. Yeah. What did you not like as a kid, but now maybe you can eat, or maybe you still can't eat, James? 
uh, off pH of vaginas. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, actually, I used to not eat ranch, which is crazy as a kid. And then around like probably 11, 12, I actually, because I was really like stubborn when I was a, as a kid with my eating habits. I only like certain things. I never really like frayed out to try anything. But then one time, my pretty much aunt and uncle, I don't remember what specifically the occasion was, but I remember it was a big family thing. And they like pre-made a bunch of like side ranch or side salads, you know, for the big meal because we had a bunch of people there. And they just put the salad dressing on there. And I was like, I don't like it. They're like, yeah, shut up and eat it. <laughs> and then I tried it and it was actually really good. And so you never tried ranch it before on everything. You never tried it before that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I may have like once, but when you already have like, oh, try this, you'll like it. Automatically going to hate it. You know, it's kind of like set up like, hey, listen to this song. I don't give a fuck about that song, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I actually tried it, ate it, and and also it's a southern thing. We put ranch on everything, and I could have actually missed out on part of my southern heritage if I would have been stubborn about ranch. Speaking I do of have southern, a curious question. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was just, you know, the, the way the kids are brought up now compared to how we were brought up. When y'all were younger, if mom or dad, whoever fixed supper, and if you didn't like it, you didn't eat. Yeah. Is it like that with y'all? No, I don't. I make three different meals sometimes. Well, I used to. No, no, no one's even home what now. What a dad you are, man. Shut no up. one's what even home dad? anymore. So, you know. Growing up, it was like, oh, you hate mustard. Wipe it off. Did Devin just whip me? Did Jevin, Devin just pussy whip me? <laughs> Mister, I'm not going to Top Guy Weekend? He's not going to Top Guy Weekend. because And I'm being whipped because I made my kids dinner? How no, dare you? Your parents. If you, when your parents No, I had, to, I had to have it. Yeah, I had yeah. to. Either you eat that or you didn't eat. Well, yeah. no. Yeah, that was it. I hated fish. I still do, but you know, I I had to eat it then, right? Mike, what about you? What did you like, buddy? Or not uh, like? Not like well, hot dogs actually. That's I not American. Did not. It, it was. I know. I didn't eat them for a long time. What did you do about, on Fourth of July? Last Tommy? year, two years ago. Oh, no, don't you? <laughs> uh, but they had. I, I'll eat them now if they're cooked right. Like. Throw them on the grill, get them burnt, and everything else. Then I'll eat them. But they're not your favorite. Uh, I, no. Okay. I went probably thirty years without eating them. Okay. Then you don't like them. <laughs> you're just putting up with them. <laughs> it's not that I don't. I what just did didn't you do eat them. I didn't you're, you're a cookout guy. What did you do on Fourth of July then? Hamburgers. I mean, we can go hamburgers. back to the notes. <laughs> we got hamburgers. We got hot dogs. I ate a hamburger. There it is. No cheese. Oh, y'all are fucking All right, me so up. So, theory, no just a burger on a bun. I, I, Devin, what about you, buddy? What are you eating? What are you not eating? All right, so I got a little story about this. Then. Oh, fantastic! So I grew up <laughs> loving fish sticks and tartar sauce, and yeah. then um, but, in about uh, eighth grade, I was staying at one of my buddy's houses for a birthday party, and I just happened to be the first one to fall asleep. Oh. So it's like <laughs> I don't know, probably about four o'clock in the morning. And I wake up to three of my buddies sitting on the couch across from me, throwing cheese with tartar sauce on it <laughs> at me. So I'm just covered in cheddar cheese and tartar sauce and bologna. They had bologna, tartar <laughs> sauce on bologna. And that's when I woke up, covered in tartar sauce. And to this day, I still can't stand the smell of tartar sauce. Fucking northerners are weird, man. Y'all so weird. Do you go home and still get covered in sauce <laughs> or is that just... Something you did back then. What was that? I'm, I'm sorry. Said, is that something you just did back then, or do you still go home and get covered in sauce? <laughs> <laughs> now it's more of the like 
chocolate sauce. No, no, no. Uh, let her shit on you. What you did there. <laughs> you let her shit. <laughs> Drop a Cleveland Stamers on you, bro. God, you better marry that chick, man. If you're letting her That's shit on you, move out of it. Speaking of, she just got home. Oh, uh, gotta wrap it up. Oh, Cleveland Steamer time. Yeah, look at look at that, Brad. Fire back. Gotta watch what you say now. Right. All right, Adam. What do you eat? What you didn't answer the question. You just asked. You just ate whatever was on your plate. I forgot what we're talking about. Um, what didn't you like as a kid? You eat it now. It's not hard. Oh, uh, <laughs> I know it's been a long. I ate the fish sticks, but now when I fish them for the kid, I eat the hell out of them. All right. Um. Let's see here. Any kind of salad stuff. I hated any salad, lettuce, whatever. I hated all that. Um, I'll throw down lettuce, boy. I don't care. No cucumbers. Well, well like I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. My, I hate sweet pickles. Yeah. And trash. I can actually, I throw up if I eat sweet pickles, but I'm going to tell you why. I don't think it's because it's a sweet pickle. It's because I think I'm about to eat a dill pickle. And then you put that sweet bread and butter pickle in your mouth and it completely changes your taste buds. And I immediately puke. One time I was in Mexico and I thought I was about to eat pudding. I wasn't pudding. It wasn't pudding at all. Oh. It was refried beans. <laughs> Again, immediate throw up. So all, I think, so now I don't eat sweet pickles or refried beans. Wow. Dude, speaking of refried beans, I got a great story you guys are going to love. And I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to put myself out there on the podcast. I uh, live with my mom uh, in Oklahoma from the ages of uh, 23 to 31, I believe. And, uh, you know, I'd go to the bars. I would freak up the bars. Uh, shout out to CW Scooters. Holla, holla. And my friends in Oklahoma listening, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, there was one night I came home uh, drunk, and she was dating a guy that had a cat at the time. But uh, I got home, and I was looking for something to snack on. And I saw this, like, dip stuff, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. And I was like, <clears throat> Like chicken, uh, chicken refried beans. I was like, oh, that's badass. So I grab some Fritos, grab some of that. I go to bed, you know, turn on the TV, take like one or two bites. I'm like, man, this kind of tastes like shit. So I pass out, wake back up the next day, and I look down, and it was cat fancy chicken flavor. And I thought it was like some fucking like bean dip, like chicken bean dip. And I ate two chips worth of it. Yeah. So you don't eat cat food anymore because of that. Yeah, yeah, I don't eat cat food. And I know that, and I bet that guy, because he didn't really like me. So I bet he woke up and was like, this motherfucker stole my cat. Like, he stole one of my cat food, you know? Because he was real anal about, like, he would hide, like, shit, you know, so nobody else would touch it. So I bet he did have an inventory of how much cat food was in there. And like, I'm missing one cat food. <laughs> James owes me 27 cents. That's a tremendous story, James. I love yeah, it. Yeah. So, hey, man, alcohol, alcohol is going to play a prevalent part in a lot of my stories so i, I gotta go back into something now i got another story <laughs> i was 20 i was my 21st birthday and uh i was in college and my fraternity brothers took me out and i was oh. on probably the 13th or 14th shot all right because you're supposed to do 21 shots on your 21st birthday which not, nobody advises of that and uh well, those people floor, listening man. don't try that so i'm i'm at this irish bar called sullivan's and i am now i'm at this point where i'm at that weird place where i'm getting angry because I've had so much to drink. And this guy gives me like a $5 shot of Jameson or something like that. And I do the shot real quick. I put it down. I'm like, without all you got, pussy. Right? So then he goes, oh, Bradley here. Bradley here does uh, has got a big mouth. Hey, I got a special concoction for Bradley. So he fills this cup and it was a special drink. 
after I chugged the whole thing and found out, chew spit, cigarette butts, oh. and a little bit oh. of beer. Oh. Got me. He got me. So I hear you, man. I hear oh. you, James, on the alcohol. <laughs> Bad decision. You ever had a bar mat shot? I've been suckered into one of those, too. 19 in Tuscaloosa, partying at a place. And uh, I didn't know. I thought they were just giving out free shots. Well, you know, what they were doing was taking the rubber mat things, dumping all the oh. excess liquor oh. into the drinks, you know, the stuff that they overpour when they're pouring drinks and stuff. I thought that they were just giving out free shots for, like, last call. I'm 19. I didn't know no better. So I was walking by there. Boom, boom. And all my – uh. They weren't fraternity brothers at the time, but they would be later. We're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you just took like a bunch of people spit and like all kinds of stuff. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> now you gotta live a little. This Man. is pre-COVID times. We trusted our immune systems with random people's saliva, right. I guess, just, just drinking it. Brad, what was the name of that bar? Sullivan's. It's in Erie, Pennsylvania. Sullivan's or O'Sullivan's? Sullivan's. Huh. Yeah. And the guy was Irish too. Like the guy, it was just a random bartender. To, okay. <laughs> oh, Bradley. I'm like, okay. That's why yeah, I, was, I, was, I, I actually uh, passed out that night um, and fell out. Of, we were, we had lofts in, in the house. Like, so I slept on the top of a loft, fell out of bed twice. Yeah. Do not recommend oh. 21 shots on your 21st birthday at all. But I did do it. But the last two shots don't count because they were called uh, dog piss. And that just meant beer. <laughs> <laughs> so i i guess but technically they were shots they were shots <laughs> we should do a power hour one time when we're yeah that sounds that sounds good oh, it's just a it. shot of beer every minute yeah, every every minute of the hour yeah, it's nothing great it end up being eight beers eight beers roughly yeah in an hour good yeah Not, uh, we'll be all we'll all be freaking mics by the end of the show all right well those <laughs> captions i'll be sure to grab y'all <laughs> cut text ain't nothing there. wrong with that Never gonna live it down, buddy. You're never gonna live it down. <laughs> right. I couldn't do 21 shots in a year. <laughs> anyway, we pulled enough stories, I think, James. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of great happened. stories, you know what's a really good story? John Cena versus AJ Styles from the Royal Rumble, uh, 2017, took place January 29th of said year, uh, in the Alamo Dome. To in San Antonio, Texas. Shout out, go Spurs, go! Fucking love it, <laughs> love it. Uh, attendance fifty two thousand twenty. So, pretty damn big crowd. The match length was twenty four minutes and seven seconds. And our boy and literally everyone's favorite that's listening, Meltzer gave it four and three quarter stars, which back then was pretty high praise from uh, that douchebag, or I mean, no, uh, that you know, journalist, opinion uh, writer. Friend of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope not. He listens every week. But, yeah, um, Cena and AJ, I mean, you really can't go wrong with those two. Yeah, especially when we're talking about Ric Flair matches, right, Devin? Why don't you tell everybody why you picked this? I honestly, I didn't know that we were thinking Ric Flair matches. I thought we were just picking, you know, two great matches. So I thought this would kind of be the modern day Ric Flair and Magnum TA. We had the newly... Debuting in WWE, AJ Styles. He was elder at the time. He was like 40-something. But still, like it's AJ freaking Styles versus John Cena, the Ric Flair in my mind, who'd been there forever, been multiple-time champion. And I just – I envisioned this as a great match. It was, uh, you know, Cena just came back from Hollywood. AJ is just champion. And I don't think we went wrong. I think it was a good match. 
You compare Magnum TA to AJ Styles? No, he's comparing Ric Flair to AJ Styles. Right? I thought he was doing Ric Flair to Cena. I, I, I said, said Flair to Cena, AJ to Magnum. Yeah. It made AJ sense in my head. Okay. You go, you go to the corner, Trenton, AJ Styles, and Magnum comparing them two together. All right, well, that that is something that's going to be a discussion through this match. We could did get four and three quarter stars, but was there any build to this match, Devin? Did you look into any build? Um, no, the build I didn't really see anything other than just Cena being back and wanting well, this to face is a, the a trio of matches, correct? They, they, had had three, they had a few of them, so this was just um, another one. Uh, I got to talk about this first. Did anybody see uh, Noel Foley sitting with? Frank the Clown behind the announcers. So yeah, no one. Oh, so they're sitting back there. That's Foley's daughter, who is was at the time. I don't know if she still is or not dating Frank the Clown. And if you watched um that 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 Foley docu or not documentary that Foley reality show, Foley Foley, I think you couldn't stand this that she was dating this clown. And the fact that they're in the crowd and he's actually in the clown getup, I, I just I, I wish I could have just looked at Foley's face through the whole thing. Totally Nick, missed it. Nick, shout out new podcast on ad free shows. Um, so I did watch after watching this. Uh, I, I didn't know what to, I, I, I did watch this match when it first came out. I did, I didn't really remember. You know, we watch a lot of wrestling, but after watching the uh, the package, the um, the video package, I'll tell you, I got chills. I thought it was very well done. Yeah, uh, and it's such a big difference. Uh, since the compared to the first match we watched, they had you know, they don't they didn't do video packages back then. So, I, I mean, nobody does it better than WWE with these uh, video packages. So, I just wanted to, to say that. The intertwining quotes, I thought was really cool on that. Like, they would have, like, a Cena quote and then an AJ quote, and they would kind of all overlap each other. I mean, I, it was very, very well done for sure. So, who is the is, – is Styles supposed to be the heel here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Are you saying that John Cena is a heel? Well, I, I – <laughs> it didn't – from – <laughs> So from crowd reaction games, would you think that John would that that that's true? Oh yeah, if if it was just a black screen and you were like, okay, is the heel coming out right now or is the face? You know, uh, you would definitely choose the uh, opposite. But you know, John Cena's the face. The crowd boos him when he comes out, but the same motherfuckers booing him when he comes out, or the same ones jumping up and down when he wins. Same thing with Roman. When Roman was getting booed out of the building, a lot of times they'd be the same assholes before the heel turn. Not when they were completely shitting on him, but towards the later of it, they'd be the same people jumping up and down screaming when he'd win. Correct. But, but Devin, you grew up as a kid with John, John Cena. So uh, most kids root for John Cena. Do you, were you confused at why people were booing him? No, I, I understood it because like, at a young age, I already knew. Like, you know, I was understanding what wrestling was. But um, you know, my friends and stuff, they were all – huge john cena fans my father huge john cena fan he uh like my father i want to just say from my father's perspective real quick he's a veteran so like john cena is all about hustle loyalty and respect so my dad 100 percent loved john cena and like he didn't understand it at all why anyone would do him okay mike uh this was a very good year by aj styles would you think he had a better rookie year or would you think um kurt angle did mm, i'd say oh that'd be hard uh, I kind of say AJ did, but AJ came in doing it. So, like, are you talking about his rookie year for WWE? Yeah, or? WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, AJ was already in it for several years at this time. And when Angle came in, he was new. But um, okay. 
I mean, so I would I probably had to give that to Angle with him being new. He hasn't been in anywhere else something like that. Just coming in straight to WWE, I'd have to give Angle the better rookie year. And he won like three belts, I think, his first year. He won like three belts first year, and I said his first year of doing it. He wasn't in TNA or nothing like that. He just came in straight into WWE. Yeah. So Adam, I'm going to kick it to you now because you seem to be very critical here of of Cena. Do you think he is an underrated wrestler, or, or you just don't think he has any wrestling skills? Like, what what do we got here? I like the version of Cena before he came to WWE. I like the Cena version at Ohio Valley. He's more pure wrestler, but he's very underrated on the microphone. I'll give him that. Dude is killer on the microphone. I'll give him that. Um, I don't hate him because if I could have gotten that over. With just five or six moves, I've done the same damn thing. I don't blame him. Uh, don't all wrestlers have their five moves? Of, like they, I know we all heard about the five moves of doom, but don't all wrestlers have their moves that yeah. they always flare flop, to? flare over the top thing, flare being launched from the top rope? You know, I mean, they all got their own signature stuff. I never really got the hate on he's that. He's considered he's the greatest flash. of all time, and he's and he still has those kinds of moves. Um, so James, all right, I'm glad you you jumped in because I wanted to ask you. Were you a Cena fan? And no. if no, but how about now? Do you do you miss him? I respect it. I would I wouldn't say miss, but it's kind of one of those absence makes the heart grow fonder type thing. Cause like when he came out at the end of a money in the bank last year and confronted Roman, I was one of the people like, holy fuck, <laughs> you know, and I was kind of excited to see him. That being said, I always booed the fuck out of him when I saw him regularly. And uh, I didn't watch a lot of the Cena years per se, because I was out of wrestling from probably like Oh, four till about, you know, 16, give or take. So a lot of the senior years I didn't watch, but you would hear his ass all the time being talked about because he was like a pop culture thing. And of course, if he won all the time, he's obviously going to get booed. And from what I would understand hearing, oh, yeah, Cena, oh, nobody can beat Cena. They got to put Cena over. It turned into like a Hogan must pose type thing. I don't understand. And I, I'm going to save a lot of this for the end, but I don't understand why he gets so much shit and Hogan doesn't. Um, and then the reason I say that is Hogan was champion for like three years. Bruno yeah. San Martino was champion for 10 years. Why, why do we think that Cena is shoved down our throat, but not Hogan or Bruno? I don't know. These fans like Hogan and Bruno. Do you think because we saw less of them and it wasn't on every yeah. week at the time? Uh, I, didn't see, I didn't see Dustin at all because you couldn't see him. Uh, I never seen him. Had to. That was oh, a good dude. one, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was set up perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that took that took i can't believe it took that long to get there all right that's page two of my notes sorry guys i um, do uh that is a good point though because i never thought of it that way but it does make sense when you saw hogan i guess it wasn't every monday he would start the show with like casino was what three segments probably on raw like every time yeah maybe four yeah, and, at least three uh, you want to you want an answer brad I, I, that'd be great that'd be great adam that's the 80s and 90s. The way they built Hogan was this guy, the, the savior. He's gonna come beat Andre. He's the guy that we can count on to take out to take out the the evil people of, re- of wrestling. Uh, John Cena, oh, that dude that used to rap that does this stuff now. So that's just the way they they build him, honestly, because they build Hogan as this is the number one. Yeah, he's here. We're good. We're safe now. Top deal. Yeah, the hero. Cena. You know, soon we see you, bro. What was it called? The Thugonomics. What was his first? <laughs> I like that. That was great. 
from that to this scene, so it's just like you make a good it's point. Just, well, it's different. You make a good point, and and this is something that's been coming up a lot now. Do we root for someone to retain the championship? And I I hadn't even had this in my notes, but you make a good point. People rooted for Hogan to retain the championship. People rooted for Stone Cold Steve Austin to retain the championship. Nobody recently um, in AEW, Hangman Page lost um, the championship. And I don't think people were rooting for him to retain. We thought so. I'm sorry, James. I know he's your guy. James I like him. Golly, man. I think my blood pressure just jumped to like 30. <laughs> I just don't think you're going to have a babyface champion for a long period of time because what's the payoff? The heel the payoff is that the good that the, the same guy yeah. keeps winning and, and you're not and the good guys won. I, I it's a different time for sure. Uh and I, I think he falls into that uh, a little bit too. But he never was a champion for very long, right? Maybe three hundred days total at the most. Cena. So uh, yeah. Um you know you have Roman, it's gonna come up on two years soon. Uh even though he's kinda gets some baby face love, he's still considered a heel champion. Uh I don't know, it's just something to think about, guys. But all right, anyway, I'll moving on. I'll get <laughs> Cena was always at the world title level, and then he actually went back to the U.S. title and made the U.S. title relevant again. Yeah. So Look at I'll it give today, him, huh? I'll give him props for that. <laughs> oh, speaking of, yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, and we hope you are, James has the U.S. title belt wrapped you're around. Damn right. I you, mean, uh, as much as Flacco Cena gets, that's what that's a good point too, Adam, because he legitimized a lot of things. I think he was a main event status because when you put Cena on the on the card. You know, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So what did you Which guys... Uh, what thing, did you... I think why Hangman lost is because when you put Punk as champion on a card, it's more money than Hangman as champion. It is what it is. And now you have an interim champion. Maybe. Yeah, shout out to him beating Hangman and getting injured. Uh, good job, Tony. The fuck but they're going to call it the out, interim right? championship? Do I have that right? So then yeah, there's going to be two championships? And have a tournament for somebody else. I'm not going to tell you, I hate this idea. I hate the idea Stupid. of having an interim champion and then having him come back just to beat him anyway. Because that's yeah. what happened with Sammy Guevara, and I hated it. I, I hated it. So I, I, I he I should agree. just relinquish the championship, and then that's it. And then you give him first crack when he comes back. Yeah, he when he's healthy, he's number one contender automatically. But because to me, this interim the championship, this interim championship means nothing because you're not really the champion. You're mm-hmm. just the, it shouldn't you're have buried his homegrown talent. That's where he messed up. I'm, I'm not liking it at all. Just just relinquish it, and then let's have a tournament. I mean, if Tony, if you're listening, we hope you are. Um, <laughs> This is some advice from five complete wrestling nerds. Okay. <laughs> we well, when this ep- when this episode drops, we'll already know who had won the battle royal oh, and who faced John Moxley <laughs> and who's going to be facing whatever NW or NJPW wrestler at Forbidden Door to see who the new interim champion is. Prediction, prediction Moxley won. <laughs> Why does so Moxley convoluted. He's been he's been he's been as this uh, tag team trios. So why all of a sudden does he get the pass for the tournament? So I just want to say uh, good job, Sammy Guevara, the new interim AEW champion. God. (laughs) Man, are we, uh, we are, we are, I I don't like this term because it's overused off the rails. Uh, (laughs) But um, anyway, uh, David, what did you think of JBL as a commentator? Huh? (laughs) I love JBL as a commentator. Honestly, I like him as commentator. I like him better than wrestler, a commentator, but I thought he did a great job as well. So you had the, you you can't see me, and it was interrupted by uh, Styles with two German suplexes. Um, you can't see me. Uh, five knuckles. All right. So 
What's a more devastating move, Mike? The five knuckle knuckle shuffle or the people's elbow? Yeah, people's elbow. That's a dumb question. That, that's yeah. electrifying. They're dumb moves, okay? Because they don't hurt anybody. But I mean, they're fun. Yeah, but, but you ain't got that eyebrow. The there's, eyebrows, what does it? The most electrifying move in sports entertainment. Boom. It's done. You hear Jerry. You stop his heart. You hit him. Like every time the rock can do it, you just hear Lawler. The most electrifying move in sports entertainment. People's elbow. And he times it like right when he says entertainment, then the rock falls. Oh, perfect. So Styles kicks out of an AA. It's pretty early in the match. Then he has a hulking up moment with Cena and a big clothesline. Then there's the Pele kick. James, what do you think of the Pele kick? Nah. Does that look like it? another one? It doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> I just, Not I don't one. know. You stick to wrestling. So then uh, AJ also has the phenomenal forearm, which is more or less his finishing move today, but he also has the Styles Clash. The Styles Clash has been in a debate um, about whether he should be using it or not, uh, whether it's safe, whether it's not. Adam, what's the best way to take the Styles Clash? Say that's the Styles Clash is so hard because when you're trying, you're trying to tuck your head. And so when you're doing the Styles Clash, it's kind of reversed. That's how people get hurt. Because uh, they don't they don't know how to take the move because when you're ingrained in training, touch your head. You do that on styles clashes where you get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you you're used to going forward, right? And you have to go backwards with your head. Yeah, because you do a styles clash and you go forward, you're gonna break your neck. So you have to actually look back because you're gonna fall on your stomach. And that's where they get confused because in training, you're you're trying to tuck your head. Do that on Styles Clash, you're going to get hurt. So, hitting a big move, uh, Shawn Michaels, let me, let me try to figure out how I'm going to say this. Shawn Michaels is famous for doing a, hitting a big move and then being dead on the ground again. Uh, Devin, do you think, like, how do you feel about that when you, um, all right, so you, you make this little comeback with a big move to put the guy down and then you lay back down. Do you think that adds to the match or do you think it's more, uh, do you think it's a waste of time? I think it adds immensely. You gave everything you got to just knock him out, but you can't even get over there to cover. Now we're now both guys are dead. What the heck's going to happen next? You don't think it's overdone? Uh, no, uh, not when the right person does it. Are you talking about like if they're super kicking each other and they both hit the ground, but he's, he's up a second, so... Even after the move, he gets up real quick, does one more move and falls back down. I'm talking about anything that you were you were down and out, and all of a sudden you run up to the top rope, do a suplex off the top rope, you fall down, and then you're out again. You were able to do this sprint to the top rope, and you like gave everything, all your energy, and then you guys are down for the count again, and now we're now the reps counting ten. That's what I'm talking about. Anything like that, anything it, like that. It can look good if it's done right, put in the right spot, but. It's done too much, so it just makes it look bad now. But Mike, it has a place; you just have to put it in the right spot. Mike, in this match, there's a lot of them, uh, a lot of using their different finishing of submission moves. Uh, do you agree with using someone else's move to beat them? No, because you know that for one, if you're wrestling, you know they're not going to tap out in it. So it's just it's pointless to me having them do it. So is it always, it's a case where the, I can't do the move as good as you. I mean, this happened again recently on AEW where um, uh, CM Punk tried to do the buckshot lariat and it was not mm -hmm. quite successful because he doesn't do it as well as 
the guy that invented the move. So uh, right. how many, as it, it's happened over time where people have beat them with their other finishing moves, but it's rare. So yeah, I agree with you that, you know, it's not going to finish them. Um, there's a big styles clash in this where the crowd absolutely goes nuts and Cena kicks out of it. Now, there are a lot of false finishes in this match. Um, two questions for you, Mike. Are there too many false finishes, and did they start too early? Yes and yes. I'm, I'm good with maybe two false finishes, maybe three if you can get away with it. But there was just way too many in here. I mean, he's giving him the AA off the okay, turnbuckle. He's doing this. He's doing – I mean, that, that's just too much. So that's not only, I mean, that's hurting you too because they're kicking out of your move so many times. And then you didn't come give it to somebody else one time and you're done. That's really so. too confusing. But Devin, what did you have? I just, um, I, I timed the first attitude adjustment that John Cena gave him. It was six minutes into the match. Right, right. And, and this is a 20-some minute match, 26 minutes, correct? Yeah, I believe so, it was yeah. 26 and a half. So here you have a finishing move early and you're already kicking out of it. And there is an AA off the top. I mean, come on, man. An AA <laughs> off the top rope. That has to be the end of the match. It, uh, mm. I, anyway, um, <laughs> like, like, like we keep saying, like you get hit in the head with a pipe and you kick out. But then there's times when you, you hit one finishing move and it's no problem. And now we have four or five finishing movies, moves each and they're kicking out. Uh, and we got four and three quarter stars here. What what are we basing the four and three quarter stars on? I know this is one man. I, I would like to look at the Bleacher Report and maybe even some of the other uh, critics to see what they think. There is no doubt that this match is athletic. There's no doubt that um, this might be John Cena's best performance as far as uh, um, uh, in ring in ring uh, in ring talent, like in what what he's doing in the ring. He might be his best. But where's the? I side? agree with that. Do, yeah. do you think it's because of the opponent? Do you I, think it's because of AJ Styles? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It helps. I, I, I well, listen. I also think uh, John Cena is very underrated as an in-ring performer. I, I think he takes a lot of criticism that he doesn't deserve. Is he ever going to be top five? No, but Hogan's not top twenty. So, no. you know, and he's and he's one of your best performers of all time. But I thought he he performed very well in this match. As far as move sets. Maybe I can agree with what Dave Meltzer says and like, like, like the way or the way they're hitting the moves and how they look, but the psychology of kicking out of all your finishers, um, going off the top rope that this should not be a four and three quarters match because of that. Does anybody else agree with that? I'm, I'm I kick it to anybody that wants I to agree. Agree. 100%. James. I, good match, but I mean, four and three quarters compared to other things that we've watched that have gotten less ratings. Eh, it's kind of hard to rate this one that high. You start kicking out of stuff that we built this guy to do for four mm. or five years, and you start get, kicking out of them moves, you lose me. He's just showing it that his move ain't shit. So let's look at another side of it. The crowd loved this match. Again, guys, we're five guys that are analyzing a wrestling match because we love we love wrestling, and we're always going to love it. We're always going to watch. They don't need us. They they got us. They're not coming to get us. So. Did they do the right thing with these moves by, by making the fans happy, or, or, or is now the expectation too high? I think it kind of makes it too high because I mean, I don't know. It's same way, like it's just all with the false finish. That, that was my biggest thing with the match was 
all the false finishes. Yeah, and um, so a long time ago, not that long, Mance Warner uh, had a show on AFS called Mansplaining, and he would uh, it was uh, you would sit down with your wife, and he would be on air with your wife explaining what what's going on in the match, and it was a uh, an ad free show uh, thing, and my wife did it, and Mance Warner, um, independent wrestler uh, in GCW, you know he he went on and on about it, at, we watched a Ricochet match, Ricochet um, actually Johnny Gargano match, and there was probably 25 false finishes. <laughs> and uh, that was his biggest thing through the whole thing is, uh, you know, all these false finishes, where, where, do, where do you go next? Where do you go next? Where do you go next? And in a match like this, I, that's what I say is like, it was very athletic. It was very good. And the fans loved it, but are they going to love it next time? So uh, because I mean, you, you always have to top it. And I think Jr. more than anybody uh, expresses his feelings about this very uh, grumpy jr but he expresses his feelings about this he's like where do you go from here i mean we saw we saw jeff hardy do or uh, darby allen do a moonsault off the top of a ladder onto jeff hardy on, on a bunch of unstable uh chairs mm-hmm. what, how do you how do you top it how do you top it so I mean, these were folding chairs uh, for folks at home didn't watch. These are folding chairs. You, you have at a party that you set up for people when you don't have enough seats. <laughs> like they, I can't believe they lived through it. So I guess that's the thing is what we're always asking in these matches is what's next. Um, and like I said, when you have a, when you have a, an AA, that is your finishing move. Uh, that's your attitude adjustment, your finishing move. And you're doing it off the top rope and the guy kicks out um, what's next. So um Guys, any uh, anything on, I'm missing on this match because I, I've rambled enough. What, well, what you know what was next was just two attitude adjustments. True, isn't that how he beat him? He did two yeah, right two. in a row. He did two in a row him. and then pinned him. I did I, like that transition actually. Um, I love how he rolls into it and does the second one. I think that looks really good. So again, I do think he has some in-ring talent. I mean, Adam, we know how you feel. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, overall, it was fun. It was a lot more fun than watching than the first match anyway. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. I, I remember watching this match when I was a sophomore in college. And I was just drinking with a couple of my buddies and watching this match. And uh, I was fully invested in AJ Styles at the time, wanting him to retain the title. When John Cena went for that super attitude adjustment off the corner, I thought it was it. And then when he, you know, when he hit the first or the second one and then held onto the hand and picked AJ back up, that's when I immediately knew as like mm-hmm. new champion. But yeah, I knew it too. I love this match. I wasn't too. I, I thought it was done off the to, AA off the top rope though too, but but definitely that second one when he when he pins with authority like that, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'll kick it back to you, James. If you got anything else. Uh well, I definitely uh want to say, and obviously John Cena as a human being is definitely overrated. I mean that man's done more uh, make a wishes than I think anybody, and I don't even think it's even close. And he's always, he's all real, real positive, real helpful. And, you know, given the right circumstances and the right amount of time, he always does special shit for people in need. He does quotes for the day, like every day on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, underrated for sure. And he does like those surprise, like, uh, you know, people will be going to something and like, oh, they're Cena fans, or maybe it's a kid with special needs or something. And then he'll bust out of like the wall, you know, and like, ah, you know, everybody's crying and everything. Like, he doesn't have to do shit like that, and he does it because, you know, he enjoys it, and he knows it brings a lot of joy to, you know, you you don't only make that kid's day, but you make his whole family's day, you know? And they that's something they remember forever. 
So as a human being, John Cena is like top notch, like top notch dude. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I, I did have that written down at my bottom of my notes here that he is a class act. Mm-hmm. He's a class act. So he does do what he's he. He's a good representation. I mean, yeah, I understand why they never. And I understand why they never turned him. I really get. I yeah. He, he stayed. And he is. He's booed out of the building, but then he's like beloved. Like it's a weird, you know. The same fans that boo him definitely know all the philanthropy stuff he does, and it's like amazing. And by the way, those fans that boo him, I've told you guys this before. I was at the Royal Rumble. Let's go, Cena, and Cena sucks. It's said by the same people. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I everybody's saying it. It's one chant. There's not like this guy. This team over on one side this team over another side everyone is saying it it's bullshit it's all <laughs> bullshit it's it, the fans are working the fans at home <laughs> so hey, anyway uh, up, guys you know so i and aj's a great guy away from the marine he's super nice guy so anyway john cena won uh, i don't know if i mentioned that dun, 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 dun. <laughs> john cena won <laughs> and uh, he was champion for what, probably the 14th time at this time, or 13th or 14th? Uh, I think that was number 16. Yeah, was 13th. That, was that, that was the last his 16th. 13th. Oh, yeah, that was the last one. 13th? 13th out of 16. Uh, and as I was trying to look up who he lost it to. The 16th? Because he didn't, because that mania, I believe, was when uh, Randy Orton beat Bray Wyatt. So who did Cena lose it to? To Bray Wyatt at Elimination Chamber. Less than a month later. Uh, yes. Yeah, literally three right. weeks after this pay-per-view. I remember this was my oh, era. I was drinking and yeah, watching this right. every night at college. <laughs> the excitement in your voice says it all. <laughs> For real? He's like, I know this one. <laughs> oh, this is the answer. This is the question I've been waiting on. <laughs> Sounds um, like us with like 97 <laughs> Nitro. Like, oh, I know this. <laughs> Devin, I'm putting you on the spot, though. And then we'll, we'll, we'll finish this out uh, with this match. How about a comparison of the two matches, Devin, of these two Ric Flair matches? Um, honestly, I love these two <laughs> matches. Um, well, love, love the second match. Uh, I did my comparison a little earlier, just comparing the wrestlers. And James kind of did that when he was talking about the five moves of doom and stuff, too. That John Cena, the modern-day Ric Flair, like, I believe so. And uh, AJ Styles, he was just, you know, he was closer to the Tully, I guess, or to Magnum than I thought that he was Ric Flair at the time. Few of you guys disagreed with that, but that well, I think old Twitter's gonna for... disagree with you about uh, him being the modern day Ric Flair. So, can't well, I'd love wait to hear, to hear that. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, that's that's coming for Devin. Everybody likes Devin, but we'll see you next week. <laughs> AJ sounds like nothing like Magnum TA. <laughs> I thought I thought you had a reverse there. I thought I, I thought you meant that Ric Flair was the AJ Styles, so I didn't know either. What do I know? <laughs> I read it wrong. Anyway, James, back to you. Tom. Oh, yeah. Well, awesome, uh, awesome matches by the guys today. Uh, you know, exciting uh, debate and banter for sure. But to close it out, I mean, we can't do it without the number one segment. That's not the court case. Uh, give it over to Mike for Mike's Meat Minute. And uh, what you got for us, man? Well, today I'm going to do a little something different. I'm going to do over-the-top chili. So I just went to Cincinnati and I tried their their Cincinnati chili. What's it for me? So Skyline, I'm gonna my are you gonna shit on Skyline? Because uh, I hear Skyline makes you I'm, shit on everything else. It does quite a bit. <laughs> so I'm gonna eat my chili. Yeah, I, I hear they go what, on the top of the advertisement because it tastes like shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. So what you need for this one, you need um get a can of chili beans, 
black beans and ranch style beans. Yes. You sir. drain all that stuff, get all that juice out of that one, put it in a pot. Get yourself a can of uh, stewed tomatoes, chili tomatoes, um, tomato sauce, and a small can of tomato paste. Put all everything in one pot. You need to add in one pack of chili seasoning and one pack of ranch seasoning. Makes a big difference. <clears throat> add two cups of water, mix everything else. And you want to throw that on the grill. So make sure you have yourself a pot that you can put on the grill to do it with. Then you take your meat. You kind of make it like a meatloaf. You don't have to add the eggs, nothing like that. You just take your meat, put it in a big ball, and you want to cook it right on top of the chili. So when you're cooking it, all the juices and everything else from that meat is seeping down into that chili. And as the meat's cooking, it, you can fall apart, go down in the chili, keep mixing up. Once you get all that meat cooked and you got that chili nice and ready, that's a great little bowl of chili. Have it any time, summer, winter, whenever you want. Sounds really good. It's fantastic. Only way I cook chili now. Starving. <laughs> I am. I'm starving. <laughs> well, What's the uh, ranch do in the chili? You said to put a little ranch seasoning it, it, in there. It brings out. A, it has a little different flavor. So you don't have. You don't need ranch. You need a ranch packet. Okay. Well, thank God this so is like a child, season. right? <laughs> yes. It's, it's powder. You you tell a difference in it. Oh yeah. And I like uh, ranch style beans, man. That's like my, I grew up oh. on that stuff. Shout out to my dad. I know he's listening. Ranch style beans, man. God damn those. That guys. right there makes a difference too. The, those are bomb. I'll plug that shit all day. If we're going to talk about fucking nitro Pepsi every goddamn five minutes, I'm going to. Yeah, oh, there it is. Right. <laughs> it took an hour and 40, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks, Mike. Sounds that, exciting. That, uh, that's your Mike's meat minute for this week. Enjoy it. Thanks, Mike. We all love, uh, who doesn't love chili, man? You get some Frito chili pie, chili cheese dogs. I mean, you can do all kinds of shit with chili. And you can shit with chili. <laughs> <laughs> if you get at Skylines. But uh, is that going to do it for us, uh, fellas? Uh, yeah, let's just, so. um, can, we can all do our thing. Oh, yeah. Talk about next week. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. It was a little bit lackluster on my end, so I'm. Oh, no, you're good. All right, we're leaving that shit in, though. <laughs> I just feel like I didn't put a whole lot in on this one. Oh, That's what she said, good. right? <laughs> you did a lot this weekend. No, I'm a rich man. But yeah, um, well, there you have it. Uh, we are the Kickout Crew. My name is James Elcori. You can reach me at James Elcori on Twitter. But more importantly, you can reach us at Kickout Crew on Twitter. And that is, uh, you can follow us on uh, all of your socials. We are on all podcast platforms. You can watch the video version on YouTube. And uh, that's enough of my shilling. Uh, Brad, uh, plug yourself. Hey, I am Brad. I'm at Yes Man Brad on Twitter. Uh, I want to just say one thing that this guy, Adam, on Facebook that I know that goes by another name on this show, never beg for a seat when you can build your own table. So what that means, guys, is who the fuck cares if someone wants you sitting at their table or not? You can build your own table. And that's what we've done here. So. Thank you for letting us into your house. One That's more. a handsome ass dude, too, by the way. <laughs> All right, uh, Devin, you got any, uh, you know, chill yourself? Oh, I'm Devin Dowling. Catch me at DevinD19 on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, yeah, this is this is another really fun episode. I know that uh, 
know you guys didn't enjoy the first match as much as I enjoyed the second match, but um, you know, I'm going to be happy to watch another two matches next week. And uh, I believe you said it's going to be about women's matches, right guys? I think so. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I mean, is this going to be a preliminary idea? I guess is women's matches. Hell, we may have fucking, you know, man fighting a bear to go to shoot the episode, but <laughs> rumor has it we'll be doing women's matches next. Nah, we'll tweet you out on that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah that's the nice idea. Uh, we want to give a shout out to our boy Rosie. He is uh, at Real Coach Rosie. Uh, we were sans him this episode, but Lord knows he'll be back fucking firing on all cylinders when he makes his triumphant return. And of course, we all know that, of course. But uh, Adam, uh, go ahead and give everybody your socials. Here. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, whatever it was last time, it's the same shit this week. There it is. Adam <laughs> underscore Bama. And he uh, is also He's part of the folks. Top Guy Theater. And uh, you can, you know, follow them on all of your socials and such. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Yep. Shout out to those guys. Hi. And uh, Mike, you know, you're Thank last you. up. You can find me at Whitaker1028. Find me on Twitter. Um, got any questions about any of my recipes or you have a recipe of your own that you'd like me to throw on one day. Hit me up. Let's do it. Work together. It's a lot of weeks in a year and a lot of food to go out. So, you know, there are a lot of weeks I could always use a helping hand here and there. Some would say 52. Yeah, some might. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I want to thank the guys for another great episode. Shout out to Adam's daughter. There's a fan bam. 16 in three days, Bob. Uh oh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday from us and our fans who will see this in like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I guess that's it uh, yeah. from, from me and the crew and uh, all the fellas. I want to thank everybody for the support. And uh, great talking to you guys. I can't wait for everybody to hear this episode. And uh, we'll be back because, you know, we will be because we don't ever give up. We kick out it too because that's what we do. We're the kick out crew. Enjoyed it, fellas. Peace. Appreciate it. Bye. Hey, kick out crew. It's Coach Rosie. Last week, my family and I just had one of the most magical vacations in Alaska. Boy, we had a great time. Spending time with family is, is one of the greatest blessings that you can ever have. Uh, that's why I'm not on this week. But if you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at, at RealCoachRosie. Can't wait to get back on the show, and I'm looking forward to watching episode eight.